From the studios of 2SER in Sydney, Australia to the world, this is a Gay Waves podcast, proudly produced on Gadigal Land. You are on Gay Waves 2SER 107.3 and this is Nikki Fashion and dear listeners, today I have a special, special, extra special, fabulous, glamorous treat for you. I'm here with my good friend, the legend, the drag king, the only answer to the who, to the question, who is the best drag king in the world? Uh, my friend, Sexy Galaxy, how are you? Very well, thank you, Nikki Fashion. It's great to be here today. Oh, it's lovely to see you <laughs> in your glamorous abode. Um, so I know you've been away from Sydney for some time, but you've been back for how long now in Sydney? It'll be two years in November. Two years already? In November, wow. yeah. Wow, time flies when you're being glamorous. It does, doesn't it? Well, the first year was quite busy leading up to World Pride. Mm. So that was busy, 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 busy getting projects and getting myself replanted into Sydney, getting out and about, um, putting on some new events and organising um, Australia's first Drag King History Exhibition. Which, if you didn't get along to it, you have missed out because that was an incredible exhibition and it was so well curated. You should be congratulated for that. Um, I feel very, very proud of it. I loved doing it. It was a lot, a lot of work. and um, But, you know, I had help with my partner, Kerry, and also curator, Jackie Mills. So uh-huh. without them, I don't think I would have had it as good as it was. But, um, well, I want to get more grants for that because we want to take it around Australia because it's all about, you know, female voices as well. And we want to keep those stories going. So we are looking at some rural grants so we can um, take it um, into the countryside, take it um, interstate as well and and just keep telling those stories and getting people to know about drag kings. And I'm feeling like that that journey would also include some sort of drag king-oriented Priscilla, king of the desert. King of the, of course. King of the desert or king of the eastern seaboard or something <laughs> like that. I can feel it in my waters. That would be excellent. And um, it would allow so many people to see that incredible exhibition. That would be fantastic. I really like that idea. Yeah, and we'll incorporate um, the King for a Day Drag King workshops. Oh, lovely. That leads up to a cabaret so people can actually try it as well. Oh, who doesn't love dipping your toe in the water of drag? Exactly. That sounds fabulous. And it ends in a show? Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> if only I didn't look so terrible dressed as a man. I think I'm the only lesbian in the world that just drags up and then people go, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Leave that to someone else, please. Um, <laughs> so tell me, you've been back for a couple of years has the scene changed? What have you noticed since you've got back? There's not many people around. <laughs> Oxford Street, where's it gone? I know. It's it, like somebody packed it away for winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just so interesting just, you know, how society now um, socialises with itself. I mean, the 90s were fantastic in the early 2000s because we didn't have mobile phones, so we had to go out to see each other. So that's changed. But I'm finding events, if people put on an event, people will go to the events. 
so that's great. So there's still interest in in cabaret and performance and drag, and but it's a shame that we just don't have that community walking around on the streets anymore. That that sort of visibility, and so, that sort of helps. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That sort of helps fund the shows, if you will, in the venues. If people are drinking in the venues, yeah. Does yeah. it help or? Um, look, it's just it's just a bit weird. I think, especially for our generation, getting used to the new way of how things are working, what people are interested in. Yeah, and Oxford Street's an interesting one. It's um, it's just weird going going there, and it's just there's lots of rainbows on the buildings, but there's not, not not many rainbows on the street. No, and there's not many in their hearts when you get into the venues, is yeah. there? I mean, not yeah. all the venues, just some of the venues. But do you think Oxford Street is in a transitional stage, like it's finding its new identity, or do you think it's what, – what do you think it's heading towards? I don't know, but when you look at the community, it's, it's like, you know, what – I mean, Oxford Street primarily – was for the boys. Yeah. And so you've got Newtown was was all the queers and the and the women and all that sort of stuff. So that seems to be okay over there. Yeah. And those sorts of events seem to be okay. I don't know, it's it's like does Oxford Street change who that they're marketing to? Mm. Because our community is changing. And so the ho- the whole movement of gender identity is changing how people think about themselves and it's just not so black and white anymore. No, it's not. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a changing community. It is. So how to, change, how to address that, yeah, I don't know. And have you found that your space in Sydney upon your triumphant return... Um, have you fit back into your space where you were or is it a better space now for drag kings in Sydney? Like there's been a little bit of exposure with a couple of, of groups. Yeah. but Well, when I left, it was, you know, it was before the lockdown laws and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, we had lots of venues still. Yeah. So you, you had that choice of performing. I mean, looking around, there, there is still that, but, um, you know, they're getting paid what I got paid 20 years ago and – I just I just don't have the energy to to go to the venues and to do that still. I mean, you know, when I was younger, yeah, of course, that's what we all did. And sorry, when we were younger, it was 25 years ago and it was probably a more reasonable pay scale back then. Yeah. You know, whereas now it wouldn't get you a coffee. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you got the Bank Hotel, which is going gung-ho. Mm. And it's not just a Wednesday night anymore. So you've got multiple things happening there. And um, there's a Bearded Tit, which is a great queer venue. You've got the Red Rattler having multiple events. Uh, and there are other drag king stuff happening. So the younger drag kings are popping up and, and doing lots of different drag king nights. So there are gigs out there. But also I'm not in that young community anymore. So... 
you know. Well, you're a legend, so you kind of <laughs> you kind of led the hanging out my lunchbox by myself. <laughs> so and being fabulous, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so obviously my focus is very different as well. I'm yeah. not I'm not focusing on on wanting to to be at those events. So it just it's just not in my stratosphere. I mean, that's why I like putting on on my own events as well. Mm. And working on different projects, so I'm I'm part of a wearable art course at the moment. Because uh, if you didn't if you didn't know, lots of courses at TAFE are free this year. Yes. So after World Pride, um, joined a wearable art course because Sydney is having their first wearable art competition. Oh. So if you don't know about wearable art in New Zealand, they have something called Wow. It's a world of wearable art, and it's world renowned. It's it's amazing. You'd be great at that. So Sydney's having one called Swag. So it's Sydney Wearable Art Gala, and it's in November, at the end of November. And so this course prepares us with a garment, that, you know, so we're going through, we've got assistance at the university, at oh, the TAFE, sorry, yeah, yeah, to help us create something. So the first semester was designing something, and the second semester was getting our toiles and, you know, how we're going to make it together. And then next semester, which is in a couple of weeks, is we're going to start making these things. So the class is incredible. There's some amazing designs and made amazing creators in there. Wow. Mm. So yeah, I want to take sexy into a bit more of the art world because I loved doing the exhibition. Yeah. So that was a real highlight being in, in that gallery space. Yep. And so the wearable art, I you know, I'm really enjoying being in that space and taking my skills and, and seeing where what else I can do with what I know. Fabulous. Yeah, so it's 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 more about that. I think I just want to the club scene and doing that sort of stuff. I've just been doing it for thirty years, so yeah, it's cha- It's changing the platform of what I do. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you, as an artist, you evolve. Mm. All artists evolve, or they're not artists really. They're just mm. copywriters or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I think as an artist, you evolve, and so you find that these things interest you whereas some t- maybe before they weren't as interesting but oh, once you've done it for a long time you know I found it so interesting years ago yeah. but now it's like oh I can dip my toe in it because yeah. it's still fun and I love hanging out with the queens and, yeah. and that sort of thing um but you know obviously I just want to do other things as well well I think sexy galaxy is a very complex and layered gentlemen <laughs> and so all these wonderful layers are now coming out and you're allowing all this wonderful creativity to come forward and diversifying the creativity it sounds great mm. that that wearable art thing I can't wait to see what happens there I know I, know I can't I it, it took me ages to think of the concept because after World Pride my creative brain was numb so actually the first term I, I hadn't even thought of the idea every week I'd go in to class going, oh, I thought of something else, but it's not that grub, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so I did that every week. <laughs> and then I didn't, I just, I handed something in, but it wasn't my finished garment. And then just before I started second term, I was just sitting here and then all of a sudden, bam, it came to me. And so I quickly drew it all up and. Oh, because you, I mean, you, you're, for people that don't know Sexy personally, she's multi-talented and you can draw, you're very artistic, you're creative, you can do lighting design, like you are a powerhouse of entertainment um, achievements, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, um, I, 
you know, people say, what, what's that, what's that um, saying about being, if you're, if, if you're good at lots of different things. Jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember hearing about that and it used to always stress me out because, you know, it was, no one ever actually finished the whole saying. Like they stopped right. it. You, know, you won't be the they, master of none. Uh, you, you won't be the, it was something about being the master, master of, of one. None. Master of none. Yeah. yeah. Um, it sort of means I think you can dabble a little bit in everything, but you don't, you know, you don't really have your welding certificate, but you know how to weld, But that sort of thing. The, but the saying actually goes, it's longer than that. Yeah. And it actually, it's actually for the fact that, you know, why be a master of just one thing when you can actually um, adopt all these different things and have a really fruitful experience in life? And it actually is more about that. Right. So I always think, oh, yeah, you know, I've dabbled in all these different things. I'll never be that master in anything. But, you know, looking back, I and when I finally did hear that whole phrase, yeah. I was like, yes, I, I can actually dip my toes and have a hat on for so many different things, which gives me so much worldliness mm. rather than sticking to one thing and just sticking with that and I wouldn't know anything about anything else. And I think it gives you... Uh... When you are open to trying things like that, you find that the the fear that would usually stop someone that doesn't try anything. Yeah. Like when you try a couple of different things, you go, oh, well, you know, it's just another thing. I'll give it a go. Yeah. And so you you sort of more inclined to actually try new things, I think, when, yeah. you, when you, you're open to that sort of thing yeah. rather than being, no, no, I can't do it. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of new things, do you think like uh, – We've had RuPaul's Drag Race uh, on these screens for some years now, except I'm the only gay that didn't watch it all. And um, But do you think that when it came down under, do you think that helped the drag industry in Australia, the, 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 the down under version of RuPaul's Drag Race? Well, it helped the queens who were part of drag race. Right, It yeah. doesn't help. That doesn't help drag. It helps the people involved in it because it lifts their profiles. Yeah. And it gives them opportunities that they wouldn't have before, which is which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Maxie last night and she was telling me about some of the opportunities that she's got, which is great. I mean, Max, Maxie's a good one, so mm. very happy for the opportunities that's come to her. Somebody like Spanky Jackson who won, like, you know, now they're on a world stage, and for a lot of them, you know, it's 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 expanded their profiles. So yeah, for, for them, it's been amazing. Mm. For the rest of us, who nobody knows, you know, I mean, there's it 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 doesn't it doesn't. It, the only way it's helped us is that is the the mainstream now knows about drag, yeah. but it hasn't helped drag kings per se because no one still knows that we exist. Right. So for queens, it's expanded their repertoire in terms of, you know, hen's nights and all, all work in that sort of environment. It's normalised them a bit more. Yeah, and yeah. working in corporate as well, like, like the amount of corporate gigs I think has expanded. But still, drag kings don't really um, benefit from any of that because still still, people still don't know who drag kings are. And I know that sometimes when I'm forwarded for a year, they're, now we want a queen. So, you know... For drag kings, we're still um, slumming it. Right. Yeah. Do, do you think there'll be room for drag kings on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under? Do you think you want to? Do you want to tackle that personally if there's room? 
Well, I think there should be room. Personally. I do. I do quite, personally just quietly because I know how you how good you are at sewing, and I reckon you'd kill them. Like, I reckon you'd kill it. So, so oh, look, I can, I can bung something and together. And outcamp the whole lot of them. <laughs> well, you know, there's a big queen in me, and I think I would slip into that that well, show he's model. Riding well, yeah. <laughs> Holding it in, Dal. Um, and I think I would. I think I would slide very well into the into the concept of of that program mm. because you know because you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, jack of all trades, and I have a big queen in me. <laughs> He's invisible. We can't see him. He's not here with us. Yeah. Only in spirit and somewhere else that we yeah. can't see. But I think your jack of all trades that you mentioned before would actually serve you in good stead. And knowing how you are around a sewing machine, I reckon they should be crapping their pants <laughs> if you decide to audition. I would love that. So, um, can someone that I know please speak to someone down in production at RuPaul's Drag Race and get this woman on the show? Yes, yeah, Sexy Galaxy needs to be the first drag king mm. um, in 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 the drag race down under. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's got really big, muscly shoulders. He can handle it. Yeah, and he's a big mincing man, and I think you know. Yeah, he, just he like RuPaul. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't being being mind called he. Uh, being called a she or a queen or a girl because that's part of sexy's aesthetic. Like he is a queen. He loves being part of the girls. So, you know, sexy would fit really nicely into how that program runs. I think so too. I, I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful fit. And I would look forward to that. So there might be a campaign started if you decide to go in whenever the next one is. So let us know and we'll uh, yeah. we'll start a radio campaign, I think, <laughs> to get you on there. Let's do it. Oh, you're on. So last night. I had the absolute pleasure of going to the Meraki Arts Bar in Darlinghurst. And Dressed as the CEO of Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was either Western Sydney, Greater Western Barbie, so I, I was or OCD Barbie, and then I was just going to be um, the, the Eastern Block Barbie cousin Oksana, yeah. and I wasn't sure what to do. And then when I found out I was the CEO of the entire company, <laughs> I was very surprised. <laughs> But I went to the uh, the Barbie left of centre Barbie Playhouse, and um, the theme was Barbie, and it was a a variety night with comedy, with drag, and you were the finale, and you came out as Ken, and I swear to God, you and those wigs, that wig, I'm like, that's the second wig I want to ask on a date that you own. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing with those wigs? It's kind of weird. I loved it. How you play? So you you carry, you were Ken yes. for that number. The actual Ken doll. So it means that I couldn't bend my legs, and your lump was gone. And <laughs> <laughs> so, how does it feel to be a drag legend playing a gay icon? Because you're was... a drag legend, and Ken's a gay icon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was quite natural, actually. It was. It seemed very a, a very good fit. <laughs> yeah, and and doing this sort of robotic. Uh, doll movements was because I can lock and pop a bit. It it was my aesthetic, so I loved it. And the wig that that wig I wore was started off as a man. Started off as Bob Down. No, well, started <laughs> off as a Marilyn wig that I uh, asked to get cut down so it could be a man Marilyn. Right. And then I've I've had that wig for a while. Oh. So then my partner Kerry Stanley, who works with wigs, I said we've got to make it look like a Ken's plastic hair. Yeah. So it's it's now a new life. 
It's having had a rebirth. It's absolutely stunning. The and whole outfit. Spritz it enough so that it looks shiny. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> plastic. It was yeah. wonderful. But it was such it was such a, a fun number. Was mm. it about Ken was sleeping with everyone or something? What was happening? Well, no, the the song is about yeah, um Ken was picked up by Barb. Barbie's boyfriend Ken. That's right. And so then they become a couple. Yes. And um and Barbie was a little bit upset and then Barbie ended up going, Well, I'm just gonna sleep with girls, it's easier <laughs> as well. It was great. It was it was well thought out and it had depth to it, which you know, I've come to expect that from you, you know. Um, although I've I've never recovered from didn't we almost have it all when you had <laughs> show. I'll explain that it, uh, for anyone that wants to email the station, I will answer the question about that show because we're not going to put that one on air right now. It's a fun show, but that was I, one of my top favourites. I just did that recently for a birthday party. Did you? Yeah. Between that and um, the uh, the King of Broadway, I yeah. think in all the years that I've known you, they are my two. I cannot get past them. Like every time I yeah, see those good. ones, I, I, and I don't see them enough. I want to see them all the time. I want to see them every <laughs> week at some venue. Stream it to my house. I don't know. I love it. But um, really, and then and then Ken was along the same lines last night. Well thought out, camp. You had to think about a bit of it because I was like, hang on, what's going on? Right. Ken's on the down low. And I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. Um, so th- that was what I was going to ask you um, about the being Ken and the upcoming Barbie movie. What's your take on it? Do you think it's going to be positive role models or do you think it's going to enforce the Hollywood stereotype? Well, with Margot Robbie in charge, I think um, she's definitely um, addressed the stereotypes and yeah and and i i i think it's going to be great well looking at the part of the movie that's in barbie land i think it's going to be well represented all that you know um, i think she's going to break down all the stereotypes and so there's going to be right that's what that's what i think but it's when barbie goes into the real world that's where ah. I'm, that's where i'm like it you know, it could be amazing or it could just it be, could, a bit could be a bit cringy. You, yeah. you just don't know how these things go. But no. no, I was just wondering your opinion on it because it's it's one of those things, you know? Yeah, you don't know. You, you live in hope. You do. Yeah, <laughs> you always live in hope. And um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think looking at the at the, the promos of it, there's lots of different styles of Barbie. Lots. So she's been very, very inclusive lots. in the Barbies, which is great. Mm. Um, I should be further across it now that I'm the CEO of Mattel. But you are the CEO of not, Mattel. I haven't got the memos yet. Well, no, because you're too busy. I was too busy watching your show. <laughs> Margot just came along and said, look, I want to produce this. And you went, yeah, 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 fine. Yeah, go. Yeah, Make everything the, pink. Here's the money. Money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you were just involved in the many, many meetings around pink. What, what shade of pink? When I got my nails done yesterday, I yeah. had to really look at what shade of pink I had to use. I, you know how I always, which shade of pink I went I had them all next to that coat, and I said, "Whatever matches that coat." Yeah, this was. I wanted to do this color when I put it next to it. I was like, "It's too dull," and the one that I had on actually glows in the dark, and it terrifies me. And I couldn't, I couldn't paint my nails early because I just kept sitting there going, "My God, it's radioactive." <laughs> um, but yes, pink. Got to love pink. Yes. 
I like him too much. And it's I've found that it, over the years, I'm getting worse. So this is not about me and pink. This is about you. Out of all the years that you have done drag beautifully, do you have a favourite character or a favourite number that, like, I've got my favourites, but that's my perspective. But as, as the inventor of all these wonderful characters, do you have a favourite? Well, I love doing the staying alive on a treadmill. Yeah, that's that's a classic. And I just want to say that, you know, some queens get notif- get um, get all the uh, God, I'm having menopause. Brand, what's the word? That's right. Get all the um, acknowledgement for doing certain shows first. And they go, oh wow, they did that. It's amazing. Yeah. And I just want to say, I did the treadmill show first. You did. I did it years before. I can attest to that. Anybody else? I was there. Else did it. So I I was the originator. But it's very hard for women to get credited for things that they did. Oh. Because as soon as a man does oh, it. Oh, so you know my career at my <laughs> the, minute, the minute a man does anything, it's like they did it first. Oh, look at, oh, how amazing. Look at, they did that. It's like, yeah, women, women, yeah, we don't get acknowledged much for doing what we do. No. Uh, and that's not being a whinge. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. Yes. It's a patriarchal society. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, I don't yeah. know where you're living. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you're living, but can we go there? Yeah, so I love the treadmill show because it gets a good laugh because whoever hasn't seen it gets a great laugh out of that. And I enjoy um, seeing that response. And, yeah, the King of Broadway, I love the King of Broadway because it's a great l- – lyrically, it's a great lip-syncing number. Anyone – if, you, if you've uh, – it's, it's the Nathan Lane version. Yes, Nathan Lane. Listen yeah. to the King of Broadway, dear listeners, by Nathan Lane, and I swear to you – I have seen Sexy Galaxy nail every single word to the wall. It's just, it's it's beautiful to watch because lip syncing is not always easy and people don't yeah. do it properly. And this is like, it's like you're singing it. It's great. Yeah, that's what I love love, love about it. And see, that was with the Ken show. It's like really nailing the lyrics. That's what I liked about it. And because the Ken show was, was great because I haven't thought of a new show in a while and that, I really like doing that because... It mixed the way I can move with the way I can lip sync, and I really enjoyed that. So I think the Ken show last night was a winner as well. I think so too, and and relevant to the time. Mm. Barbie's mm. just about to hit the hit the movie theater. So. Yeah, and I can expand on the Ken show now that I've done it once. I can go okay now because it will solidify in my body a lot more now. Now I can expand on it a little bit and make it bigger, better. Yeah, mm. no, that would be fabulous. So. That is um, a lot of gorgeousness that we've talked about that has happened. But what is going to happen? What's up next? So my partner and I, we put on an event called Foxy. So we did the first one for Sydney World Pride. Yes. And we did that at the Loft. So the next one, we're going to keep it at the Loft because it's a beautiful venue. It is. It's got harbour views. Um, There's a menu available so you can come in and, and have something to eat. It's a Sunday afternoon. Lots of seating. So we, we do things that we would like to go to where you can come in. There's lots of places to sit. It has a beautiful view. Um, rain, rain, hail or shine, this place is completely covered. So you're not going to get wet. It's not, you're not going to get windy. It's gonna. It's just a beautiful venue. And the food is good. The food is really, really nice. It's above Bungalow 8. Um, it's really great um, drinks menu. So, so people who do drink, it's got a great cocktail list. Um and so there'll be entertainment on all day. We have a burlesque performer. We have a singer. 
and myself and the DJs are Lara H, um, Dandelion, and if you don't know who Dandelion is, that's Joan Paculin, who was Javante Swing Drag King. He's who's now, a good DJ. He's now a great DJ. And then we have Amanda Louise. Oh, yes. Yeah. Lovely. Um, and, oh, yeah, so our burlesque performer, performer is Rosie Rivet, Rivet, who's fantastic. If you haven't seen Rosie, they are amazing. And our singer is yet to be announced. Oh, TBA. So we like something that, that you know, has, has entertainment through the afternoon because we like events that, you can be entertained, either entertained by um, the hostess with the most is Kerry Stanley and myself because we like going and saying hello to everybody as well. So we like for people to make themselves feel welcome um, and the and the entertainment spread throughout because we like for people to feel like they don't have to walk in and entertain themselves. We like to make them feel like they're able to be entertained. And we know, you know, some people are socially awkward. That's why we like to go and meet everybody as well. And to help people integrate and meet other people. Because we all tend to clump together sometimes. So yeah. we like to break the ice in, the, in that way. Um, so your Fox is happening on August the 6th. So come out on Sunday afternoon and, and enjoy a late lunch or, an, or a dinner. Well, you even I, – I went to the last one and, uh, like, it's you can't get me out of the house with a crowbar and a can of WD-40. So congratulations for doing that. And I had a great time. Fabulous. Had beautiful food. Yeah. Everything you just said was true. Like it was really fun and people were really friendly. So I enjoyed that. So was that, did you start Foxy because you thought you weren't happy about what you were seeing in Sydney entertainment-wise for women or how did Foxy originate? Because, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do something that was at a nice venue, you know, and that, that, that had all the seating and that, that had entertainment because there are some events on that just don't have entertainment. And I feel as a as a promoter that promotes events that um, are employing AFAB individuals, trans or AFAB individuals, I feel um, that we need to support the performance community as well because there isn't a lot of gigs out there. And so, so I like being able to do that as well and support the different types of performers and also putting on a, a night called club king uh so that's at the imperial hotel i well that's also i've been I've, my goodness you get me out of the house i've been yeah. to that too and it's good yes so that, that's about me collaborating with um a few different performers and we all do our own shows but we put on a production show we love a big finish. Yes. So, so there's always a big finish with that. So I make all the costumes and we rehearse with choreographers and everything. Oh, I love it. There's always showbiz. So the next the next theme is called Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, is everyone wearing blue and purple? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave their characters up. up. Everyone can do their own creative thought wow. on what what characters. But I will be He Man. I'm shocked. <laughs> And that's coming up in September the 9th. September the 9th. And that's Club King at the Imperial? Yes. Okay. And what date is Foxy? That's a little earlier in the August week. the 6th. August the 6th. Which is a Sunday afternoon. And Club, Club King is a Saturday night. Sunday, August the 6th. Get yourself down to Foxy. You can find it on Facebook. Um, or, my, or my Instagram. And if you looked in my Instagram bio, you can you can get the ticket link. Yep. 
the t- oh yes, links in bio. Isn't that what the young people say? Yes, <laughs> link, link, links in bio. It's and what? the and the Club King that that'll be advert- we'll start advertising that soon. Yeah, that's a little further along. Yes. Oh, we'll have to get you back to talk about that. Now, sexy Galaxy, I think we have to um, call it a day there because this has just been so fabulous. I've got glamour overload. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely overwhelmed after all the pink. Last night, and now it's so much glamour, I don't know what to do with myself. I'll have to go home and tap dance or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Or, or do my hair like Joan Collins or something. <laughs> oh, lovely. I love that. <laughs> Take my earrings off to use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Well, that has been an amazing talk. And once again, thank you so much for your time. We are so lucky to have you here on Gay Waves, the legend that is Sexy Galaxy. Thanks again. Thank you very much, the lovely Nikki Fashwan. Oh, <laughs> cheers, Doc. <laughs> Hi, Mark Haddon here, producer of Gay Waves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate the episode and subscribe to the channel. You can also get in touch with us. Our email address is gaywaves at 2ser.com Find us on all social media channels. Just search Gay Waves. Thanks for listening.